Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We'll get back to your calls on the NFL, baseball's trade deadline day. The Clippers may change their name in the NBA. Fighting is down in the NHL. The MLS All-Star Game is tonight. And there are eight ownership groups, including Raleigh and Charlotte. They're in Orlando, Florida, talking about their desire to be MLS team number 28, 29, or 30. No, no announcement expected today on that. Remember, more on that story later. David Newton live from Spartanburg, South Carolina, on all things Carolina Panthers and the NFL. He covers the, the Panthers and the NFL for NFL Nation and ESPN.com. David Newton, live in 30 minutes. Intern Philip, representing Appalachian State University, has joined me on this side of the glass. It is July 31st. That means it's the last day of that great month and the fastest-growing game show in all of sports radio, the Classic Sports Movie Challenge, is offered perhaps for the last time. The producer of this program, Darren Vaught, often prefers to use a PGA-style golf cut where they'll take like 60 golfers and then ties beyond that. Sometimes Darren will say, well, DG, it's July 31st, but let's just give them one or two more classic sports movie challenges since it's only a Wednesday. Yeah, August 1st and 2nd might as well still be July, we, right? We reserve the right to have a maximum of two more. It is the last day of July. We definitely have a follow-up to Bull Durham, the very popular classic sports movie yesterday. We had roughly 10,000 people who correctly identified Bull Durham as the movie where the, when the audio played yesterday. The phones did not stop ringing. The quotes did not stop pouring in on Twitter or in my inbox. We have a new classic sports movie challenge. First, to identify the name of the movie after hearing the audio that Darren Vaught has dug out of the archives. You get your pick from the David Glenn Show prize closet. It can be sports tickets. It can be sports books. It could be a Smithfield's chicken and barbecue gift card. It could be a Sport Clips haircut certificate. We have alliances with Sullivan Steakhouse and Continental Tire and many, many others. If you win, you get your choice of those prizes, among many others. Hang in there, and we'll send you the email if you are the winner. You do have to correctly identify the name of the movie, Darren has selected his favorite clip from the audio archives. He's about to cue that up. As always, some have dialed in ahead of time, blindfolded, if you will, haven't heard the audio. We haven't even given any hints yet. Some believe they can win without the benefit of that running head start. Darren, I'm just not going to give any hints today. Uh, it is, of course, as with all these, it has been voted by our statewide listeners one of the top 50 sports movies of all time. I don't think we've had a lot of curveballs this summer, have we? I mean, we've, we've gone like Sandlot. We've gone Remember the Titans. We had, I mean, Bull Durham may be the greatest sports movie of all time. We haven't had a lot of murky, I wonder how they made the top 50 movies this summer, have no, we? No, nothing really that is uh, controversially placed in those top 50, right? I think they've all been pretty agreeable. I'm sad that we're almost done with the classic sports movie challenge. I didn't see any Rocky this summer. Did we have anything? I, we squeezed a slap shot in there from yeah. the hockey vent, the, the hockey terminology. We've had, have we had golf represented this summer? No, we haven't. Not one? It, you know, it's funny when we Oh, let, we had Caddyshack. Caddyshack, correct. Okay, yeah, that was actually intern Philip there. Yes, it was. Um, it's interesting to me seeing, we don't always 
I, I don't always let the interns choose their movies. Sometimes they're they're assigned movies based on you know those that are higher up in the pecking order, like a Bull Durham, which made its appearance late this summer. Uh, so it always interests me to see which which these guys. Uh, gravitate toward when they're given the list and you mean the movies are higher in the pecking order not the interns are higher in the pecking order. sure right okay just making sure we haven't had a league of their own this summer have we no that's one of my favorites i could give you 10 different <laughs> clips from a league of their own the heart is what makes it great all right darren cue up today's classic sports movie we have brent and gary and rich and alan who want in even before hearing the audio the rest of you can dial in as soon as you know the name of this classic sports movie Darren, of course, is queuing up the audio. Intern Philip has been asked to dazzle us with details. We've done it every day all month long. You think you know a movie well, and yet our interns are digging out fun facts and other dazzling trivia. From A to Z, even if you know it extremely well, they'll find something that surprises, impresses, or entertains you. Darren, go ahead and queue up today's classic sports movie, and then we'll have a winner, and then we'll have intern Philip with those dazzling details. <laughs> oh, it is hard work being this good. Shut the Oh, rabbit is. Am I starting to get to you? No, Sydney, you aren't getting to me. You're just making my eardrums hurt. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No, I'm a f***ing geek. I'm a f***ing geek. geek, exactly, like all right? But what you don't realize is that it ain't easy. It is hard <laughs> work making something this pretty look like a chump or a geek. <laughs> so I must be doing it for a reason. Well, you got me convinced, whatever the reason may be. <laughs> Fact is, I missed this shot, I walk away, I'm still a chump. Go ahead and walk away. You miss, and you've been beat, well, not once, but twice by a slow, white, geeky chunk. <laughs> I think that last part may matter a lot. Brenton Winston-Salem gets the first shot at the classic sports movie. Remember, he did dial in before hearing any audio. Brent, can you name that classic sports movie? I can, and as one actor said on that same basketball court, I guess we're getting we're going Sizzler. <laughs> uh, the movie is White Men Can't Jump. That is correct. And uh, just as we appreciate Darren bleeping out the audio, we appreciate Brent and Winston-Salem not selecting a line that would be unapproved by the FCC, saving us thousands of dollars in the process. Brent and Winston-Salem is today's winner of the Classic Sports Movie Challenge. Brent, you stay on hold. Uh, congratulations. He did have... Bill Raftery style onions dialing in even before hearing the audio. It is, oh, it is white men can't jump. It is, I think, one of the top five basketball-themed classic sports movies virtually every time we poll our statewide audience. Of course, Hoosiers is on there. A few others incredibly popular as well. Intern Philip did see this movie for the first time. So before you get to your dazzling details, um, What'd you think since this is fresher on your mind than probably even those who call it one of their favorites? Yeah, it's very fresh. I actually got a text from Darren last night saying, you want to do this classic sports movie challenge? I said, of course. And I wanted to do a movie that I hadn't seen yet. So I had a couple hours last night um, to, to kill watching a movie I hadn't seen yet. So I chose, I chose White Men Can't Jump after a lot of deliberation, texting friends, getting suggestions and whatnot. Um, I thought it was good. It's it's not it's off course from your normal sports movie. Yes. Um, there were there's a lot of sports movies I haven't seen in my young career as a sports broadcaster. 
But White Men Can't Jump was good. I love Woody Harrelson in it. I thought Gloria was funny. Yes. <laughs> she is a funny character. That's a funny storyline. Uh, there's a couple of facts that are that are interesting about right. that as well. Don't spoil those just yet. Uh, Darren, since you came to the David Glenn Show after we pulled our statewide audience and built this classic sports movie top 50, do you ha- what do you think of the basketball nominees? Like, do you need to add? You have a position of authority now. So if you – like, not everybody likes Hoosiers, for example. Some object to that. I, I think it is one of the best in the basketball genre. I know he got game, Spike Lee, Denzel Mm. Washington, Ray Allen as Jesus Shuttlesworth. Of course, that's in there. I think Hoop Dreams made the top 50. Glory Road, Texas Western over Kentucky based on a true story, that made the top 50. Space Jam was a winner earlier this month, right? So I know that's in the top 50 somewhere. Did Will Ferrell's semi, semi-pro? That's in the top 50, right? Yeah, yeah, we've used that one pretty often. Are we missing any other basketball movies in the top 50? There are some others that are good, some like Blue Chips. I don't know if it made the top 50. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was in our technical top 50, but of course some would put it in there. Coach there. Carter, some have nominated over the years. He Got Game is another basketball-themed movie. That got votes. I just can't remember if it was in the top 50. But we do know for sure that White Men Can't Jump made the top 50. And we do know for sure that Intern Philip is here to dazzle us with details. We think we know these movies well. And then our hardworking interns spend all night in the research laboratory to entertain and inform us. Intern Philip hit us with dazzling detail number one. So topical after yesterday's Bull Durham, Ron Shelton wrote and directed Bull Durham in addition to White Men Can't Jump. And also Tin Cup, if I'm not mistaken. That's strong out of the gate by intern Philip. Yes. Timely, based on yesterday's Bull Durham. Nice can, multi-sport connection there. That's really well done. It's tough to get out of the gate quicker than that. So he wrote the first 37 pages of the script in one night, which was my favorite part of the movie, the very beginning when uh, Woody Harrelson's character it meets Sid for the first time yep. and, and everything. I really like that, that first scene. But... He wrote that in one night and didn't have an outline, just started writing, and it flowed, and he liked it. As a writer, I wish there were more days like that one. That's good. (laughs) Ron Shelton, though, is a true legend. Just like beyond the sports world, if you don't appreciate the body of work of, say, a Harold Ramis, you got to search a little harder. Like, he's not as famous as, say, a Bill Murray. Uh, Those guys being the co-stars or among them in the movie Stripes. Uh, again, beyond the sports world, Ghostbusters, etc. Harold Ramis is like a John Hughes type figure. They're not as famous as the lead actor might be, but like a Ron Shelton, their names are dripping with genius all over these scripts and the director's roles and the producer's roles. True legend, Ron Shelton, outstanding work by intern Philip. What is our next dazzling detail? So a couple casting details. I, I always find these super interesting to see who didn't make it or who, who wasn't interested. Tricky for this, too, because there's a lot of ball in right, this movie, right? right? You got to have some game to pull this off. Yep, for sure. So the the role of Billy Hoyle, which was um, – which was uh, Woody. Woody, Woody's character, right? So Billy Hoyle was auditioned for by Charlie Sheen and Keanu Reeves, which is very <laughs> interesting. Charlie Sheen declined because he, he felt he was more of a baseball guy. Yeah. He was more connected to that 
the baseball baseball movies, Major League and whatnot. And by so, the way, earlier this month, we had great trivia. I believe right. the intern's dazzling details included Charlie Sheen was hitting 80-plus on the radar as he was playing Wild Thing Ricky Vaughn in the Major League movies, and right? he was offered by Kansas University to play baseball there to boot. That's wow. I'm, I'm gl- I couldn't have taken Keanu Reeves seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think of, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> – and he's, he's flipped the script on how he's perceived, though, in a lot of has, ways with John Wick and, and more recent for, stuff. For decades, I can only think of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and it really ruined a lot of Keanu Reeves' other characters. I just couldn't take him seriously. I couldn't have taken him seriously as a basketball player as well. I'm glad Woody Harrelson got that role. Yeah, he, I, was, he was great for it. And, you know, going off of that, there was a lot of gambling on set mm. in real life, so... This is one of my the, my favorite stories that I pulled up. Harrelson bet Snipes in real life that he could dunk the basketball on 10 feet. Snipes bet him $5,000 that he couldn't. In the movie for that final alley-oop dunk yes. to win it, they lowered the goal to nine and a okay. half feet, which neither character knew about. Uh-huh. And so to this day, Woody Harrelson will tell you, yeah, I can dunk on 10 feet, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, can anybody on our staff dunk a basketball at 10 feet? I know former intern Kevin Anzenberger can. Drew, intern, intern Drew, Drew of Elon is claiming he can. I and don't know it, if I buy it. Well, you're, <laughs> you're not that tall, Darren. I'm six feet tall. I, I can tell you that I did play middle school basketball. Of course, baseball was my sport much longer. I did get to the point where if you just gave me a ball, like if I had a tennis ball or a baseball or something else, I could throw it down. I did not get to the point where there's some extra space needed. You got <laughs> You need more clearance if you're if you're gonna really throw down a basketball. And I wasn't. I don't mean in eighth grade. I mean by the time I was <laughs> at the end of high school, I could dunk a tennis ball, a baseball, a softball, anything I could palm easier. But uh, I'm glad we have at least one dunker and several former interns. I mean, Anzenberger played D3 basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now on Wes Miller's staff at UNC Greensboro. Yeah, and he can throw down. That guy can sky. One of the superstar products of the DG Show family (laughs) tree. Uh, As is intern Philip from App State. Dazzle us with more details about white men can't jump. So you just mentioned former intern D3 basketball player. These trans- guys, Did you see that transition right there, <laughs> right? That. That's pro level. So the 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 guys that helped uh, Harrelson and Snipes in the movie eventually said that Harrelson and Snipes could play D three basketball by the end of shooting. And I believe former NBA player Bob Lanier, who played one of the coaches in the film, yep. is among those who vouched for D three level ability. Now I think former intern Kevin probably would start. <laughs> puffing his chest I will out. come to his defense for him well, having yeah, you known call, a lot of def- d- d- you division call three D3 that too, too yeah. right so you would know the pecking order like my daughter is a d2 d3 level soccer talent could an elite athlete actress quickly become a d3 level <laughs> soccer talent I'm a little skeptical about that I understand why you want to go to bat for those guys um you called William Peace games correct right still do uh, yeah, so for I'm um, four years running the voice of the William Peace University Pacers. Man, you're all over the place. Yeah. How do you get your work done for the David Glenn that's Show? That's a great or question. Do I don't see voice that. of USA Basketball, <laughs> ESPN3, and William Peace University. I think I'm with you. I mean, maybe Bob Lanier's just trying to be nice to Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. They're, they're more, I mean, they have to be in the top 1% of male actors, right? 
who didn't mm-hmm. who didn't like play professional basketball. I mean, Ray, oh, especially Al- after Ray you- Allen as Jesus Shuttlesworth <laughs> has to be a different category. Yeah. I think Ray's going to hit the three when you need him to on cue, right? Yeah, and if you drill these guys for, you know, six weeks – to yeah. get them ready for this role, I mean, they're right. going to be more prepared for it at that point it's a high than compliment. anybody, yeah. right? You know how it is, Darren. When we're asked questions about the interns, deep down inside, we know they're half buffoons. We're going to say <laughs> nice things. We're going to say nice things because we like them and we appreciate their work ethic. Bob Lanier's throwing out the D3 card because he respected the effort of Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson as Sid Dean and Billy Hoyle. Very well done. Philip. what else do you have? So going off of what, what Darren just said, they actually trained for four weeks for three hours each day, five days a week leading up to the movie after they were cast. So they did put in yeah. a good amount of work. Props. Yeah. So in addition to those, those two stars who improved their basketball abilities, th- there were some solid NBA cameos in the movie. Marcus yeah. Johnson of the Bucks was there, Freeman Williams of the Clippers, and Gary Payton, who wasn't a major character, but he was he was in the movie as well as an extra more yeah, than yeah and those guys I mean Marcus Johnson was a big time college basketball player yeah good UCLA pro as right well. correct yep. Freeman Williams as Duck Johnson in White Men Can't Jump very well done look at you dig Philip keep digging what you got so while they were shooting in some of the LA neighborhoods they they all shot at street ball courts in LA. Members of the crew had to consult gangs in neighborhoods to make sure that where they were shooting was safe, which is kind of crazy. That is crazy. I guess it makes sense. There's some tough turf in L.A. and a lot of other big cities. Um, But, yeah, if you have the right negotiator, I guess you can get that stuff done. What else do you have? So going back to casting, Denzel Washington, who was in He Got Game with with Ray Allen, he was original choice for the role of Sidney but he had already chosen to do a Malcolm X uh, oh, that yeah. same year or a couple of years in, in advance. That's, I mean, that's a heck of an actor, and you got to think of Denzel. How many years ago would this be? 20? It was 80 or 93. years ago, so 26 years ago. So, yeah, you got to think of a younger, obviously, Denzel Washington. He was plenty athletic enough. I don't know what his game is like, but can you imagine? You are, you are going to immortalize for all of eternity on the silver screen a figure like Malcolm X. Or you get to play this dude in a movie called White Men Can't Jump. I, I can't <laughs> fault Denzel for selecting the other role. I get it. I think it worked out best for, the, for all parties involved. Wesley Snipes filled in admirably as Sid Dean. So Bob Lanier, who you mentioned earlier, former Detro- Detroit Pistons star, he was brought on set, as you mentioned, D.G., um, but Harrelson was talking a lot of game to him for, throughout throughout the throughout the uh, the shooting of the movie, and they played one on one one day. One do, one day, Lanier was like, "Yeah, I've had enough of you, Woody. Uh, <laughs> let's 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 lace it up right now." And uh, Harrelson went on to say that that was the most embarrassing 15 minutes of his life. <laughs> for those who don't know, Bob Lanier is like a big, strong, old school post player. So it's not like a perimeter guy running around with Woody Harrelson. It reminds me of, like, have you ever seen the modern-day NBA videos where they're at a camp? And whether it's Anthony Davis or somebody else with a long wingspan, (laughs) they just swat the little kid's shots. It's like, come on, man, where's your heart? I can see Bob Lanier doing that to Woody Harrelson. I'm sure he mercilessly bullied Woody. Lanier makes an appearance. You remember when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in the airplane movie? Movies? 
and he's and uh, the the little kid's dad is making fun of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Man, he doesn't run up and down the court and all that stuff. He's always taking possessions off. And then Kareem finally breaks character and says, "Listen, kid." You tell your dad, you tried dragging Lanier up and down the court for 40 minutes, and that's Bob Lanier. That's the Bob Lanier from that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar rant from that airplane movie. Just a little piece of my dazzling detail trivia for you today as intern Philip carries the heavy weight on White Men Can't Jump. For an audio daily double, which is literal because Jeopardy was a, a sideshow for Gloria. How about that? <laughs> I thought, so we got an audio from Alex Trebek, obviously played in that scene. Wow. And there was a mispronunciation <laughs> by Gloria. She said Mount Suvius for an answer. We'll play the audio. This volcano's eruption buried the city of Pompeii in 79 AD. Gloria. What is Mount Suvius? Ooh, I better get a ruling on that one. <laughs> Our judges indicate that that's close enough. Select again. All right, let's go with the uh, foods that start with the letter Q, please. So that was unscripted. Does, does anybody have a thicker New York accent than Rosie Perez? I mean, it can't get any thicker than that. And by the way, shout out to intern Philip. There were so many professional transitions right there with his Jeopardy da audio daily double. Is he taking this class or teaching this class? <laughs> Intern Philip, that was incredibly smoothly done. Go ahead and finish the Rosie as Gloria with actually that was Alex Trebek as himself yep. in Jeopardy. I didn't understand if, if the lovely and talented Maria, who's from New York, born in New York, grew up in Long Island, if her accent were that thick when I met her, I don't think Anthony and Avery, our children, would exist. And I don't think we ever would have gotten married. Like, how would I have understood what she was saying? Would you like to go out with me again? I, I, I think yes or no, I would have gotten. But the thickness of Rosie Perez's accent, mm -hmm. man, I would have needed, like, what, what, what do you call those translators? I, I would have needed one of the... Um, like a pocket subtitles. Yes, <laughs> subtitles on my date. I'll bring an intern to translate. Uh, Rosetta Stone for Rosie Perez. Yes. <laughs> Rosie to English translation. Do they have those Rosetta Stones? I don't think so. Go ahead, Philip. So she, Rosie actually didn't mean to mispronounce that on set. So Alex Trebek had to improvise as he is used to doing on Jeopardy as the host. Well done. And the, the correct answer was Mount Vestuvius, <laughs> obviously. Um, and the following category, the foods that start with the letter Q, which Rosie obviously did very well, and she won a lot of money on Jeopardy. That was later an actual category on Jeopardy, <laughs> and Alex Trebek had some fun with that. Very well done. Good way to dig, Philip. What else do you have? Um, I think that's it. T that's yeah. 10 dazzling details. We only asked them for like a yeah, half dozen. That's some heavy lifting there. Once again, he worked overtime for us. He's been outstanding all month, has, as have the rest of the interns. Will and Drew and Christian and William are all with us today. Philip from App State, the star of this particular show, White Men Can't Jump, today's classic sports movie. By decree, the producer Darren Vaught says we reserve the right to have one or two more classic sports movie challenges this week. It is technically the last day of July, but Darren's taken the PGA Tour style, 60 golfers and ties. And since August 1st and 2nd fall in the same week as July 31st, we may, we may 
have two more prizes to give away this week. Thank you, Philip, for jumping to this side of the glass. It is the more dangerous side of the glass. You have handled it well. From Spartanburg, David Newton of ESPN on all things NFL. That's later this hour. Last call for phone calls on the other side. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. There is a serious conversation going on right now. And Garrett is hot. And now there's some serious chirping coming from the Pirates' dugout. And now Garrett's on his way to the dugout. And here we go. Oh! Garrett goes in there punching. This is not a good scene at all. You can feel it brewing and brewing and brewing. And I'm not sure the umpires are going to be able to break up this one. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A fracas on the diamond last night. Trade deadline is about 90 minutes away as we speak. We already know that Yasiel Puig was sent from Cincinnati to Cleveland and that Trevor Bauer was sent from Cleveland to Cincinnati. Just in the last few minutes, we have a few more trades to report. But I, you tell me if I'm wrong, Darren, unless you're a diehard, like the A's got right-handed pitcher Tanner Roark from the Reds, according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Drew Pomerantz and Ray Black go to the Brewers, Ken Rosenthal, The Athletic. I don't see any of the big names that we need to report at this point. Am no, I correct th those are that? probably B-level names that have been tossed around. So, you know, Pomerantz moving to the Brewers is a, certainly a big deal for them. But, no, none of the blockbusters that we've been primed to see today. To tie up a loose end on the classic sports movie challenge, I'm getting a lot of, if this isn't in your top 50, DG, you might as well just cancel your top 50 entirely. I don't think we've read the whole top 50. So there's a very good chance that whatever you think belongs on the list is already on the list. I know I didn't spout out 50 different classic sports movies. We do revise these lists from year to year. So if you're deeply concerned, maybe there's just a hidden gem that you know because you saw it and you love it and you believe others would as well. Just drop us a line at David Glenn Show on Twitter. You can email me, dglenn, two N's in Glenn, dglenn at accsports.com. We have David Newton of ESPN joining us live from Spartanburg at Panthers camp. We have not forgotten about, you know, bad news bears, right? It just, it didn't make it into this. I don't think it got into this week's, this month's contest. Am I right about that? Like not all 50, if it's a July only game, not all 50 make it in every year, right? I'm not losing my mind here, am I? There are not 50 days in July, even if we extend and to we the, only have the five shows a week, of August. the best I can tell. So there's a good chance your movie is on our list. Again, feel free to fill our inbox, dglenn at accsports.com, or hit us up on Twitter, at David Glenn Show. David Newton on all things NFL, holdouts, injuries, and, of course, Panthers details as the camp in Spartanburg continues with David Newton among, their, among those as our on-site correspondents sharing everything from what Cam Newton and is doing and is not doing post-shoulder surgery to how the young guys look, the backup quarterbacks look, the offensive and defensive lines have been re rebuilt. We'll get back into those details with David Newton. Luke Keekley 
did leave a seven-on-seven seven drill earlier today. So, of course, talking about one of the greatest players in franchise history and one of the most important players on this or any other NFL roster for that part uh, here in 2019. We'll get a Luke Keekley update on the other side with David Newton live from Spartanburg at Panthers camp. We also will give you any last-minute trade deadline acquisitions transactions etc college football players report tomorrow and begin practice friday holdouts are happening elsewhere in the nfl but fortunately not in carolina panthers camp and we'll give you one final update on the mls big day that awaits us the all-star game may not be all that compelling to you or maybe it is tv tonight eight o'clock fs1 raleigh and charlotte both have contingents in orlando florida as both cities are viewed as two of the top six contending for MLS expansion franchises. Do not expect an announcement tonight. St. Louis and Sacramento are one and two in the pecking order, but many believe that Charlotte is third in that pecking order and that Raleigh is not far behind, as the MLS folks already have announced they're going from their current 27, counting some not-yet-on-the-field expansion franchises that have been awarded, to a no doubt about it at some point relatively soon 30 Charlotte has a chance to be in that mix maybe with St. Louis and Sacramento when they go to 32 and that timetable is uncertain and unannounced Raleigh has a very good chance to be in that mix they just have to show that their stadium plan in South Raleigh is not just an idea but rather crossing T's, dotting I's, breaking ground, working with local politicians and making that dream more of a reality. David Newton is one of the leading beat writers on all things Carolina Panthers. He joins us live from Spartanburg next on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. There's no place like home. It has a certain magic all its own. Memories are made there every day. A lifetime of good times shared along the way. Have yourself a Bluebell Country Day. Bluebell introduced the original cookies and cream ice cream. So every time you dig into that familiar creamy vanilla ice cream that's loaded with chunks of chocolate cream cookies, you can say thanks. You're more than welcome. A lifetime of good times shared along the way. Have yourself a Bluebell Country Day. How do you spell barbecue? Well, folks around here spell it S-C-N-B. That's Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue. You know that tender, slow-cooked-for-14-hours-every-day barbecue? The clean, no-additive, just pepper, salt, and apple cider vinegar barbecue. A low-calorie, high-protein, great-tasting barbecue that can only be found at Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue. Break away from the everyday to Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Our next guest is one of the top beat writers on all things Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL for that matter. He does great work for NFL Nation. Find his work at ESPN.com. David Newton, live from Spartanburg, South Carolina, at Carolina Panthers camp. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Doing great. Big news of that, I guess, was Luke Kinkley out there. Uh, he left the field during a 9-7 drill and didn't return. Uh, Ron Rivera didn't really have much to, to offer on that. And when you think of Luke Kinkley and, and missing time, you, you always go back to the time he missed in 2015 and 16 and 17 with the head injury. So, um Again, that's just something we're going to keep an eye on here for the next couple of days. Well, yeah, as we wait for that update, I remember your coverage over the weekend, I think, included, hey, Chris Hogan, wide receiver, veteran, left the field, no explanation. That one just turned out to be minor, right? Some some back tightness or something, so maybe Luke's is minor as well? Exactly. Uh, they really weren't checking him out. Uh, it didn't seem to be like looking at knees or shoulders or anything, so it didn't seem – from that standpoint, it was anything serious with Luke. And you're right, Hogan's turned out to be not very serious either. Uh, but, again, they don't have to give give us daily injury reports like they during the during the season. So um, a lot of that could just remain a mystery. We lost a veteran player with a big personality in Thomas Davis, of course, now with the Chargers. But a veteran player with a big personality has arrived as well. I've seen you writing and tweeting about uh, Gerald McCoy. I thought it was cool that, you know, a guy who's in his 30s collected his teammates' helmets, you know, and brought them back to the locker room. That was a nice gesture that you'd usually see maybe from a rookie instead of a guy like that. But you've been writing that he's also impressing the heck out of his coaches in other ways. Uh, what can you tell us about the uh, the veteran defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy? He's just done all the little things since the day he got here. You're right. I mean, he is a rookie with the Panthers in a, in a sense because it's his first year yeah. here. But yeah, the experience level is, is far exceeds almost anybody on that defense and what he's accomplished during his career. And he's really become kind of an instant leader. I was, I was talking to defensive coordinator Ed Washington about that, and he, he said just the little things that he did the moment he walked in and, and, and trying to gather as much information and um, be around players like almost a sponge because he wants to be able to contribute in big ways and, and make an impact right away. So. You know, they did lose some big leaders out there, really vocal leaders like in Thomas Davis and some other players. So having a guy like Gerald McCoy in there is going to be really big for this year. And plus, he's a talented guy. So you put him in there next to K1 Short, uh, outside of them, you've got Bruce Irvin, another veteran they brought in, uh, who kind of compares this defense to what Seattle had a little bit um, back in its heyday of defense. And, and then you got Mario Addison and then Brian Burns, are a rookie. On the outside, too, I, I think what they're doing in this 3-4 scheme they're working on is really going to put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. David Newton is with us live from Spartanburg. Follow him on Twitter at DNewtonESPN. Everybody seems to agree that the number one storyline in Spartanburg is, of course, Cam Newton coming back from his latest uh, shoulder surgery. What have you either seen from Cam or heard from Cam or even Norv Turner or Ron Rivera uh, just in these early days of preseason camp that has jumped out to you? I don't know a whole lot. Probably he hasn't talked to reporters uh, other than uh, Peter King since he got here. And so really haven't been able to kind of see what he's thinking about what how things are progressing then right now, just observing him and listening to what Rivera and North Turner said, they feel good about what uh, Cam has done. Um, 
he's not throwing a lot of deep balls, but the ones he's thrown have been, been good. I mean, you remember towards the end of last season, he said he couldn't throw the ball 30 yards. Right. So, uh, but he's really looking, you know, he's trying to get a grasp on his technique, uh, his throwing motion that's been a concern that, to try to get some of the pressure off that shoulder, working on just picking up the little things that he started on last year in North Turner's offense. And you can tell in his second year, it's, you know, it's starting to click a little bit with that. So uh, I think he's looked pretty good out there. I mean, there are times he had one play today where he threw a pick and uh, late in the team drill, and you could tell he was a little frustrated. He didn't expect himself to do that. But um, I, I think all signs are continuing to trend positive. But, uh, again, this, everything this time last year was trending positive, too. And then he got in the season, the shoulder got sore. I'm not saying that's going to happen again. I don't anticipate it happening. But you, you have to kind of at least be a little wary of, of that potential. A lot of folks seem to view the Panthers as a playoff caliber team. You always put the asterisk, you know, if key players stay healthy. But when you look at this depth chart right now, David, do you view this as, you know, one of those teams that can continue Ron Rivera and Cam Newton's theme? They have been there for the last six years. And obviously, you know, Cam's injury kind of derailed what would have been five out of the last six years making the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I I think the they potentially are a playoff team, and they're in a, a tough conference division, first of all, uh, NFC South with New Orleans and, and Atlanta in there, so that's going to make it tough. Um, and, I, again, they, they're making some positive change. I think this defense has a chance to be really good, but at the same time, they are in transition. They're moving to more odd-man fronts and uh, a lot of new players in there. Sometimes it takes a while for that continuity on the field to take over. And so we just don't know how good they can be and how quick they can be really good. But I think the potential is for this defense to get back to a top-ten level. And offensively, I think Cam Newton has as many or more weapons than he's ever had before around him. Um, if he stays healthy with the weapon and if the offensive line uh, continues to, to play or improve and play well and show that they can protect him, it's got a chance they are a very, very dynamic offense. So, uh, again, the potential is there, but you know what they say about potential. So, uh, I don't think you can say, hey, they're definitely a playoff team. Last year they looked like one. I mean, they were 6-2 and two, yeah. and looking as good as any team in the league right then, and then everything kind of fell apart. So, um, yeah, right now I, I, would, I'd, I think I've projected 9-10 to 10 wins for the season, and who knows, that may be good enough to get a playoffs. It may not be. In that division, it's going to be interesting. At what position, if any, when you look at the depth chart, do you believe that the Panthers will probably look beyond the people who are already in camp? Or do you believe, you know, all 53 final men on the roster are already in Spartanburg? I guess safety's the one spot. I mean, that keeps coming up. Uh, I think they like some of the young players there. Sean Golden, back for his second season. You've got He's a mix of other players in there, too. Cockburn, Russ Cockrell, Cock, who's a cornerback. They've, they've looked at him in there. So um, they're kind of searching for that. There's some, some guys out there that they can bring in later. But they want to see what these guys can do first and see if they can earn that job. If they don't, they'll look for options out there. I, I think they're fairly well said. They brought in some alignment today just to give a look, but you're always bringing in players like that. But um, on the bottom of the roster type moves. But I think the, the overall roster right now, they feel fairly comfortable with. We know that Cam Newton's targets, the way Norv Turner does things, include Christian McCaffrey in the passing game out of the backfield and Greg Olson at tight end now that he's healthy again. 
Uh, we've been talking wide receivers today with Michael Thomas getting a new deal with the Saints, with Julio Jones asking for a new deal with the Falcons. Uh, I know the Panthers don't have a big name like one of those two guys, but how is it shaking out at the wide receiver position where there aren't quite the proven superstars, but there are several names that the Panthers believe in? Oh, I, I think wide receivers are is as good as they've been in a few years. I really think D.J. Moore um, has really stepped up the second half of last season is a solid number one. And Curtis Samuel, to me, looks like the most improved player in camp right now for the last couple of years where injuries during camp and the offseason really slowed his progress. I asked Ron Rivera that today, and, and he talked about how that far Curtis has come this year, mainly because he's had a full offseason and, uh, okay, and everything of working out and getting ready for this year. Um, it's uh, you know, after that you you've got. I mean, you still got some guys like Jarius Wright that he keeps making little plays out here to keep your attention there. You got Chris Hogan out there. You got Torrey Smith coming off an injury. So I think they've got the weapons they feel like they need um, here on the roster in that spot, and a lot of speed out there, uh, especially with top two and uh, DJ Moore and, and Curtis Samuel. So. Uh, right now, I think they they look pretty solid there. Um, I, I really I think Curtis and DJ to me could be two of the more dynamic duos in the league if they if they play up to their potential. David Newton on Twitter, D Newton, ESPN online, ESPN.com. Great coverage for NFL Nation on the Carolina Panthers and the rest of this league. We occasionally see videos. I don't know how much time you personally spend, like where in the interactions between Panthers players and all those fans there in Spartanburg. But every once in a while, David, we'll see a person who looks like they've lost their mind. I mean, like truly as if, you know, back in the day, we used to use the phrase, uh, they, they reacted like they were meeting the Beatles. Do you see a lot of that in Spartanburg as some of these uh, Panthers fans, young and old, you know, encounter Panthers players face-to-face? Yeah, especially with Cam and McCaffrey, maybe even Luke a little bit. McCaffrey, you know, the woman seeking autographs was just absolutely crazy. Um, when he came over and signed her, her uh, paraphernalia. So it's, uh, yeah, and Cam always gets that type thing. So, yeah, the fans, it's a really good time for them to, to get here, get up close to the players a little bit as they come off the field, sometimes coming on the field, get their autographs, maybe get a picture or selfie taken with them. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of enthusiasm, at least from those top two or three players. Last thing for you, the safety, Eric Reed, you know, the most proven commodity at that position. Uh, David Tepper recently said publicly he knew that it could it could have been controversial last year, but he's glad he signed Eric Reed. Um, th- this is a guy that recently reinforced the idea that he'll be kneeling again during the national anthem. At this point, is that just like uh, a small wrinkle because everybody's discussed it for so many years in a row now, or did it make any waves as you saw it? I haven't seen any waves. It really wasn't a factor last season, to be honest. He came in and, you know, the first game or so, people paid attention to it. Photographers took pictures every game. He had the game at Philly where uh, he and a, a former uh, player that had to deal with, with, with that issue got into a little bit before the game and right. even during the game. But really, it's been no issue at all here. And David Tepper has made clear, I think, publicly that he's okay with Eric Reed in every way. Oh, Totally, totally. He has no problem with him. David Newton, live from Spartanburg. Thank you, as always, for the time on the David Glenn Show. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You got it. NFL Nation Panthers reporter for ESPN.com on Twitter at D Newton.
ESPN. There are not many weak links in the Panthers' depth chart right now. If you assume good health, it's a playoff team. Now, in the NFL, you can't assume good health for 53 players. That just almost never happens. So are your injuries to mid-level and lower-level players? Are your injuries to Cam Newton in 2018, derailing the season entirely? Or, you know, a Christian McCaffrey, a Luke Keekley, uh, other key guys close to that level? Of course, it hurts more when you lose somebody who's a foundation piece in your franchise. Assuming mostly good health, this looks like a playoff team to me. I asked the weak link question because I don't think the Panthers love their secondary right now. I think that the number one place they'd go outside the current personnel would be in the defensive backfield. And I always think of nowadays as a five-man secondary. So you have Eric Reed at one of the two safeties, but they're not sure who else. James Bradbury, I think, has become a heck of a young cornerback. They think Dante Jackson is going to be a very good number two cornerback. But in today's world, your number three cornerback is out there a lot. I don't think they know who their number two safety is, and I don't think they know who their number three cornerback is. Those are as big questions as the Panthers have anywhere on the depth chart, and that's actually more good news than it is bad. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. Special thanks to Tim Brando from Fox Sports, Ron Green Jr. on all things golf and Wyndham Championship. David Newton live from Panthers Camp via ESPN. Thanks to Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and intern Phillip for their contributions to today's program as well. TV picks tonight, MLS All-Star Game, and MLB Baseball. See you tomorrow. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.